Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This, this is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. I may have you ejected from the room. I'm not going to arrest you for anything. You're right. So let's get on. But I'm certainly questions. not going to listen to you because I, I don't, I don't see where you have anything to say any here. Of your own environmental I regulatory have regulatory nothing to say, Bilbrey. You sit down. You have this. You're not recognized. You're not recognized. So you're not recognized. You're right. You're right. So are you going to have me arrested? You're Felony out of order. For dealing marijuana. Order. You're out of order, sir. You're out of order. For dealing marijuana, Mr. Hampton. Hit it harder. Hit it a little harder. Maybe people will hear it. I'm a, vo- I'm a voter of the city of Muncie. I don't care. You don't care? I do not You care. don't care, Mr. Hampton? I stated what I've read. You st- read. You've read nothing. You need to be I mean, very you know, careful you because you're slandering, you know, sir. I'm not slandering. Yeah, you I are. That right. last comment, you better be real careful. You better be real careful there. That first thing that you just stated is fine, but that second is way out of line. And that's called slander. So you be advised. <laughs> is right. A couple days ago, I'm talking to a citizen that I've talked to quite a bit, and the citizen's like, man, I can't believe the election's over. What are we going to do now? All this information's gone, and we won't be talking about anything. And I thought, oh, wait a minute. Nothing's done. Nothing's over. We still have a lot left to do. And just because the election is over doesn't mean anything is done. Now is the time that you really have to pay attention and make sure that your vote works the way that you wanted it to. Yes, if you voted for so-and-so and they act appropriately and they do what they said they were going to do, then you're good to go. You keep them in office. You praise them and you help them run again. But if they go a different route, if they don't do what they say they're going to do, if they go way outside of bounds or something's wrong, then you need to hold them to the fire because that will happen. Let me be very clear. Nobody knows what anybody will do until they get into office. There are a lot of people that I voted for and supported and then have had to walk back and been like, oh my God, that was a nightmare. Sean Byram is one of those people who thank God God only has 40-some days left in office. Now, I don't know what we're going to do about the train wreck that will be coming into the office on January 1st, but we'll have to deal with that when we get there. But the whole point is, folks, just because you like somebody's message and just because they sound like they're going to be great 
doesn't mean that's going to be the case. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. That's part of politics, and we all just have to be cognizant of that. But moving on from there, the whole point of everything that we're doing is continuing to move the ball forward and advance the goal line just a little bit more. We don't ever want to go backwards. Now, sometimes you're going to get sacked. Sometimes we're going to take a couple steps backwards. But that is something that we deal with, and we dust ourselves off, and we continue advancing forward. Thank you for joining me on this episode. This is episode 55. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey. Of course, you're listening to Perception is Reality. However you're listening, whether you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, or one of the many other podcast hosting sites, I want to thank you. Of course, if you're listening at the home link of perception.fireside.fm, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Continue listening that way and do me a favor share this episode to everyone you know tell them to listen to it to check it out share the whole link to the home station perception.fireside.fm let them know they can go back and listen to all old episodes and that new episodes generally come out on tuesdays and saturdays now these last two weeks i apologize it's been a little sideways but we're getting back on track there's just been a lot of information bouncing around the last couple weeks The name of tonight's episode is No Time Better Than the Present. And the reason I titled it that is because we're coming off of yet again one more really bizarre council meeting in which the officials have just been absolutely disgustingly inadequate or unwilling to do what they should be doing. And we have to look at these new officials and the people who'll be coming up in January and question, is this what we want and did we make the right choices here? Now, let me explain to you what I'm talking about. We have a situation where, specifically in the city of Muncie, a referendum was handed to the officials of the city of Muncie by those that voted. And that referendum said the following. We, the people of Muncie, are tired of the corruption, the bullshit, the thievery, and the nonsense mostly perpetrated on us by those from the Democrat headquarters known as 214. We're tired of the 214 mindset, and we're over it. Because no one that was in a contested race was voted into office that had ties to that 214 leadership. Well, there's Ray Dudley in District 3. Now, he's saying that he's not a part of that, and time will tell. If he is, we'll work to get him out of office in four years, and we'll hold him accountable until that time comes. But... If he has broken away and he wants new leadership in the Democrat Party, then, you know, we'll have to give him that benefit of the doubt. Time will tell. However, even though the citizens of Muncie and everybody voted in the candidates 
that were not connected with 214, even the Democrats that were voted in, have nothing to do with 214. There was one 214 candidate that won, but he was not contested. That's Jerry Dishman, and he just simply was not contested. He is a 214 foot soldier, and it is what it is, but he'll be one vote on the council. However, there is one holdover from the 214 way of thinking that we're currently dealing with. It's kind of like 214 and the Democrat Party are in the last stages of the, like the death throes. They know they're done for and they're just still kicking and fighting that one last grasp. John Hampton. John Hampton is a despicable, disgusting human being who in August of 2019 was caucused in by the 214 party elite to fill in for four months. That's all his term is, for four months. The seat that was vacated by Denise Moore, who is the 214 vice president, who her herself was caucused in to fill that same seat, that was left vacated by the actual candidate and official that was elected to hold that seat, Allison Quirk. So Denise was caucused in in February of 2019, and she shouldn't have actually been there because she had a little bit of a conflict because she served on another board that did not allow her to serve on the council, but it wasn't caught for a while. I'm sure the Democrats knew it, but hey, who cares? The rules don't apply to them. So she had to leave office at the end of the August council meeting, and then at the end of August, the 26th or 27th, they caucused in John Hampton. Now, who's John Hampton? Well, he is a 214 Delaware County Muncie Democrat Party insider. He's a foot soldier. He's a friend to their leadership and their way of thinking. He's a yes man for the 214 party. He does so with a smile and a shake of a head. He doesn't care if they're in the wrong or the right. He doesn't care if he's in the wrong or the right. He is friends and rubs elbows with their leadership, Phil Nichols, Mike White, Allie Craycraft. He's friends with the current city council attorney, Joe Hunter, who is a Democrat insider. He's married to Anna Quirk, and so he's friends with him. They're on the judo mats together and buddy-buddy. He's also friend with former attorney and former 214 Democrat Party chair and all-around weirdo Mike Quirk, and so it's just a person who really doesn't fit in with the candidates that Muncie wants. He fits in with the way of the past and all of this corruption. Well, the night of the election results, Tuesday, November 5th, he showed his ass. He threw Audie Barber out of Democrat headquarters, was cussing and carrying on, calling Audie an inbred hillbilly, and just acting like a downright fool. Okay, He did this while being a current city council member. At the time he did that, he had already served on two council meetings, and he had two more to go. There were only four in his term because of when he was caucused in and the remainder of time left in the term. But he's just an all-around bad guy. So that caused people to start looking into him, and lo and behold, people found that he is a convicted felon. 
He pled guilty to at least two, if not three, felonies. Now, those felonies were later reduced. However, Indiana state law says if you were convicted or found guilty or pled guilty to a felony, even if those felonies were later reduced, you cannot serve as an elected member on town, city, or county, or state government. I didn't make those rules. They're just the rules, and they're the rules that everybody must follow. So getting this information means the council has to boot him out of that seat. He cannot hold that seat. He absolutely just cannot do it. So the big push has been to kick him out, and everybody's aware that no one did anything. We have two council members who are on the council who are elected for office for 2020. One is Brad Polk, who was re-elected back to his seat, and the other is Dan Reidenauer, who was elected to the office of mayor. Neither one of these guys said anything. Now there's a big push to get Hampton removed, but people are saying, oh, it's not a big deal, just let it go, it doesn't matter, Bill Bree and Barber are the only two people that are pushing this. No, that's a lie. There's a lot of people that are concerned about this, and a lot of people are up in arms, and so we wanna show that. There's a listener that wanted to give a little bit of insight into how she feels and thinks, Jessica Thomas, and we're going to be talking with her in just a moment. But the question is, why is it okay for this person to be sitting on the council illegally, for everyone to know that it's illegal, and for no one to do anything about it? Now, I don't care what your argument is. The bottom line is, Hampton needs to be removed because until he is, every vote that he's a part of is an invalid vote. I don't care what you think. If you say it doesn't matter, he's one vote. Him sitting on the council can lead to any council action being challenged. And this is something that we need to look at. And the problem is you've got people saying, you've got these candidates that were running on a promise of anti-corruption and cleaning the government up, and they set quiet. We're now two or three days out from the meeting, and we've still yet to hear anything from these people. Everybody's still supportive of Dan Ridenauer. Everybody's still excited for 2020. Everybody's still excited for the change that's to come. But this council meeting was a test. There's no time better than the present. January 1 is just a date. It's an arbitrary date. Let's start cleaning up now. If we can't clean up the issues now, why can we clean them up on January 1st? It's 48 days. So here in just a minute, we're going to bring Jessica Thomas on the line, and we're going to listen to her thoughts and her feelings, see what she's got to say, and go from there. You're listening to Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilberry, and we'll be right back. Now we go on the record with a one-on-one interview designed to engage, entertain, or enrage you. Perception is Reality. On the Record. 
All right, so joining us on the phone right now is Jessica Thomas. She was born and raised in Muncie, Indiana. She is currently a moderator on the Delaware County Awareness Facebook group. Jessica, thanks for joining us. We were just wanting to get a little bit of your thoughts and your feelings about this whole situation. I just want to make it very clear that I could give... I, I don't care that his charges were for marijuana. I don't care that his felony was reduced down to misdemeanor. What I care about is the fact that for my whole life, Muncie has operated on a system of where the higher up get to pick and choose what laws that they uphold and when they uphold them. You know, there, there have been so many things over the past two decades that I, you know, I'm not trying to dig up on previous cops or speak ill of the dead. I mean, there has been a lot of corruption just in our police force. Absolutely. And I just, it's time that somebody finally points this out. You know, Muncie has been known and has always been known for picking and choosing when we obey the law. Yeah. You know, you have the whole Nora Powell thing because her son is a cop. He gets, gets to have people's names ran. You know, I try to get a protection order against my ex, whose uncle was also a cop in Muncie. And, you know, I just think it's unfair and it's time that a lot of things change. And I have to say I'm really disappointed in our new mayor. I mean, he went on Facebook. He said all this stuff about how he's got this task force and he's cleaning out the question. And he has yet to comment on this entire situation. And yeah. that's not even not coming into the way that Hampton has conducted himself. Uh, that's like what we're talking about. I mean, and that's a whole other can of worms. Absolutely. I, just, I will be very interested to hear what Dan has to say when he chooses to come forward and speak on this matter. Leave it for the record that he has not gotten back in contact with me. I have contacted on his page and on his messenger. He has seen my messages, but he has not replied to them. Well, and so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, because I know before the election you were supportive of Dan Reidenauer, as was I and a lot of other people, but there are people wanting to know where Dan is at. And it's a legitimate question wanting to know why the silence, why he sat through that meeting and didn't say anything or didn't act, and why he's not saying or doing anything right now. And there's a lot of people that are on his inside circle that are upset that this question's being asked, but it has to be asked. And there's more people than just myself and Audie Barber that's asking this. And if you don't understand that, then you've not been on social media or Facebook since the meeting on Tuesday. Because everybody's up in arms over this, and they look at Tuesday's council meeting as kind of a test run. You know, I've spoken with a lot of the council elect members who will be taking office in January and they're not happy with what's going on but you still got people that say well there's only 48 more days or they're gonna say well this wasn't on the agenda or they needed to get word from the uh, their attorney or this or that and the problem with that is Dan is the man against corruption this is corruption and it came out a whole six or seven days before this meeting which was before his whole Facebook 
Facebook Live where he's talking about the corruption. Absolutely. Which is why I'm so disappointed. Well, and I know that you've been reaching out to him, and I've reached out to him. I've talked to him just briefly a few times a day. I also posted a riddle last night, just kind of a smart-ass type of statement saying, hey, the time is now. What are we waiting on? And it wasn't necessarily directed at Dan. It was directed at them all. But, you know, it's kind of like, well, if the shoe... I guess the shoe fits the whole lot of people. (laughs) Yeah, if it's about you, then it's about you. That's, That's up to you to determine that. But so I reached out to Dan. I asked him a couple questions over the last 24 hours. I know you've reached out to him as well. But I sent him a question just asking him kind of what his thoughts were and what, if any, action he and or anyone else on the council would be taking. And he's been very vague and he's not really said much. Much, even off the record, because Dan and I talk off the record periodically, and we've been fine doing that with no issue. And just what has happened here has been very concerning. And I understand, everybody, that this is not the end-all, be-all biggest issue. But this is a little slice of corruption, a little slice of 214 problems, and if we can't take care of this... If we can't take care of the little thing, how are we going to do on the big things? This no, but is it's the best example in the last few years. Yeah. Of, you know, this is clear. We're screaming it to everybody. We don't care. We'll pick what laws to follow and when to follow them. I don't know. I don't, I don't envy Dan at all. He's no. in a tough set of shoes, you know, from Mayor McShirley, you know, I dubbed her Mayor McDumbass for years. You know, she closed in our firehouses. Yep. Then you had fucking Tyler who came in with the whole EMS and fire thing. So we've got all of that going against him. And I get, you know, there's a lot of messes that need to be cleaned up and there are a lot of fires that need to be put out. But I just don't understand how, as you said, on the platform that he ran for and with his, you know, live video about how he's got all these special force people, you know, to clean up the corruption. Like, I don't understand why there's not been a single comment about it. At least, at least acknowledge us. At least say, hey, I'm aware of this situation and, you know, we're working to some resolution. At least give me a half-assed political answer. Don't just yes. keep us all like we don't matter. You know, you cared about what we all had to say before we passed our ballot. Yes. You still need to care now. That's what causes so much voter apathy. Literally, people say, well, every candidate says, I'm different, I'm different. But then the day after the Tuesday election day, nobody hears from them again until it's time for election time to roll around again. And they all tell us how wonderful they are and they're against this and that and they're going to work for us. And then the day after we cast our votes, nobody hears from them again. And so this just leads people to believe that that type of thinking on the candidate and the officials' parts is something that's real. And again, look, I know this is not the biggest issue going, but it is an issue. I had somebody on Facebook earlier tell me, there's just 48 more days, you need to quit worrying about this nonsense, and simply worry about trying to get the money back that Hampton is stealing from the public. I said, okay, genius, let me understand this. You don't want me to try to get Hampton removed, but you want me to try to worry about how to get back nearly $4,500 that he will have essentially stolen from the taxpayers. How are we to do that? If we leave Hampton in the position that he's at, 
it validates his position and it validates the fact that he should be having that money. And after December 31st, there's no way to get that money back from him. So there's no real recourse there. However, if the council removes him or if the Republicans come in and file with their attorney to remove him, or if we do it and he's removed, then at that point, we can then fight and say, well, look, he was removed. Now he needs to pay back the money. And so people know, and I, I wanted to tell you and I'll tell everybody else, the plan of action is simply this. I am giving all hope over to the council that they are going to remove him, but I don't believe that they can do anything because they're inadequacy, I guess. And I'm going to keep it that way until they prove me different. So we are raising it's more money. Complacency than inadequacy. I mean, and that's you're, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I, I I agree with that because you're you're. That's exactly correct because they are adequate enough to act. It's just whether or not they will or not. But what we're doing is keeping the GoFundMe up. Of course, nobody has to donate that they don't want to donate. And it's not like we put this up in a way to scam anybody or whatnot. People last night started saying no. they wanted to give money because it's going right. to and take... I, and I saw that. Okay. All right. So you did and see that. I saw where somebody said where, well, when it loses, how are you going to give everybody your money back? Well, if you hire an attorney for fucking anything, you don't get your money back regardless of how the case goes. Right. So I just wanted to point that out. That there have been some some pretty silly things surrounding that GoFundMe said. So. Absolutely. Well, and so here here's the deal. I did a live video last night, and I told everybody that we've talked to a couple attorneys. I have an attorney that's currently working with us with the federal lawsuit. So I've talked with him. We've talked to two other attorneys. I've talked to the attorney at the Indiana Secretary of State's office who has told us the proper channels of all of this. I'm not sure any of our council, I don't know if any of our council members have called down to the Indiana Secretary of State's office. I know that Doug Marshall keeps saying that this is their decision or their their problem to deal with, and they keep saying, no, this is Doug's Marshall, Doug Marshall's problem to deal with. And so... We went in and seen an attorney, and this attorney said, yes, I'll do this. It's going to cost a little bit of money. It's going to cost a filing fee, which is 180 some dollars And then what we're doing, because these people are also right, they're like, well, if you go in and file something, it's not going to get on the docket for maybe four or five weeks. By that time, it'll be over. And they're correct if that's all we were doing, but that's not what we're going to do. Because of the time nature of this, the time constraint, we would file the suit and get the court date when we got the court date. But right behind the suit, we would then ask the judge to file an injunction. And that injunction, if filed Monday, would prevent Hampton from acting as a council member from the date that it was signed and the date he was served through the end of the year. And what that injunction would do is just prevent him from being on the council, and that would stop that. And that's why the GoFundMe, because in order to get that injunction filed, we have to put up a bond in case the court goes to trial, it goes to trial, and we lose. Now, I don't think there's any way for us to lose because this is black and white. Every attorney that has looked at this has said it's black and white, except for Joe Hunter. And it's important for folks to know that Joe Hunter 
is married to Anna Quirk. And Joe Hunter... And we all know what a fun bunch the Quirks are into. <laughs> Absolutely. Joe Hunter is oh, one Lord. of uh, Hampton's judo partners, and they roll around on the mat at the Ross Center together. So, of course, he's going to help his buddy out if he can. So, it's like John and Nora. It's yeah. the same situation, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, and that's that's why... I, and at the very least, all of this aside, yep. even if we, we swipe away his felony, we swipe away his misdemeanor, we swipe away the law, what about his actual conduct? Yes. I mean, I, I don't know of any... And everybody keeps comparing this to the Trump situation with the female astronauts, and I, I see them being the same situation, but I'm saying that at any job, whether it's at a gas station or on council or whatever, you cannot conduct yourself in the manner that he did and, and have nothing happen to you. And it's just, it really speaks volumes as to what this city is telling the world that we'll, we'll tolerate. Well, that's, that's exactly accurate because... You know, on a, on election night, when he was at Democrat headquarters and he's calling Audie Barber an inbred hillbilly, and, and in his face and screaming at him, and, yeah, with yeah. kids with kids running around in the background and cussing and carrying on, John Hampton is the muscle thug of the Democrat Party. Has been for a long time. The mouthpiece is Mike Quirk. And they're, they're two peas in a pod. He runs around acting like crazy, you know, doing showing himself to, like we've seen the last couple days and his attitude there. You know, if you look any of the stuff going on with, with Trump, the impeachment, or you look at any action of the Congress or any time they're in hearings, they'll spar back and forth. And they it, sometimes it gets heated, and and they prove their points, and and one wins out, or something happens, or they they preserve the record, and then it moves forward. But it's here, it's like, you know, you call somebody out, and these people are above that for some reason. You can't, they don't want to have political discourse. You can't ask them questions, and. You know, if you do, how dare you? I'll tell you another one that's just as bad as John Hampton. Well, I shouldn't say that. I'll take that. I strike that. He's not as bad as Hampton as far as Hampton is just off the charts. But Todd Donati is very rude when anytime he gets up, anytime he has anything to say, he showed his ass a couple times in this council meeting, and he's just very smug and over the top, and it's just that type of behavior everybody who who remotely cares should say, look, this is not a Democrat or Republican thing, it's just a common sense thing. The rudeness level is, is beyond what should be acceptable. Well, you know, when you've gotten away with the things that have gone on in this town for as long as they have, you know, they, they've all formed this sense of comfort. Like, you know, like you said, they can do whatever they want. And it, I love so much that you and Audie are challenging the system and, you know, making waves because people are shook. 
Yeah. And you can you can tell people are shook, and it's about time all of this gets discussed in a way that that provides change because Muncie is dying. It is dying. Do you know who the number one employer of Muncie, Indiana is? Is, is it Ball Hospital last or I, Ball State? Oh, last I checked, it was McDonald's. What? Yeah. Yes. That's. I mean, granted, this has been a couple of years ago, but the last time I actually checked to see what the number one employer of Muncie, Indiana was, it was McDonald's. Oh, my God. <laughs> Our businesses are leaving left and right. Every time somebody tries to do a, a city improvement project, it's never where the city needs to be improved. Why do we need signs around the roundabout out on Nebo when the train tracks on Walnut really could be made? There's just a lot of things. I don't know. Absolutely. And that's just you're, a lot. You're, that's very it's well. People are fleeing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That is very, very, very true because... Uh, you know, there's. There, it just seems like we put. Well, doing things in in confusing order or doing things that are not needed. And, and I'll give you a very specific example of that. And this is the deal with Linda Gregory. Okay, I don't care. Which how is she? Her right to fast even still a thing? I don't. Anything. Yeah. That's Whatever. that's that you're that's exactly correct. So okay, I was sitting in the meeting when she said it, and I I, I will I will I mean of course I'm white, so you know it, it it is what it is. I was shocked when she said it. Now I for the record will say I am not all about offend culture at all. I, I think it's disgusting. I hate that everybody's offended by everything, and it's ridiculous. But when she said it. It shocked me because I thought, oh, people are going to be outraged about that. Like, I, I heard it, and and whether it's right, whether it's wrong, uh, you know, I'm not saying anything about that. I just instantly heard it and thought, oh, she shouldn't have said that. That was not good. And so I commented about it, and then there was nothing, and I heard nothing, and there was nothing. And then two weeks went by, and people in the concerned black uh, community, the concerned black uh, uh, clergy, which is not a term that I'm just using, that's what they call themselves, uh, started getting up in arms about that. And I thought, okay, you know, I, I thought that people would be, and I don't know what she intended. I know that there used to be actual animals in Heakin Park and in Muncie. People know that. That's 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 history in Muncie. I'm aware of that. Even in her comment but last Heakin night. But Park also has a different history. Well, so, abso- yeah, you yeah, know. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And when a woman of her age could have been much more careful with the words that she chose, yes, 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 in that setting. Yes, absolutely. And I agree. I agree with every bit of that. And then, but then I see. So before the election, I see that there's a resolution. Okay, and I read the resolution. And I post a resolution like two weeks ago on my page, and I thought, well, this is going to be interesting because if she's not elected, then this basically is a moot point. And so she wasn't elected and I kind of thought that they would do away with it. So at this council meeting, they spent nearly 2 hours, an hour and 25 hour 30 minutes talking about voting on this deal and they actually went through and voted on a re- on a resolution 
that absolutely means nothing. And I don't mean it means nothing to the black community because I'm sure it does. But what I mean is there's no recourse to it because come December 31st, she's off the council and that will be that. She's gone. So a resolution stating that she is silenced from any committee next year, she's already silenced from any committee next year because she's not part of the council anymore. So the fact that they're willing to talk about that for nearly two hours and not give the situation with Hampton even a second because I beg to differ with Dan. It was by the hand. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's exactly, you're exactly correct. That was a pay attention to what's going on over here and not over here. Because I, I will beg to differ with Dan or any attorney or anyone else that says different because that ordinance that allows the council to remove a counselor from the council states that they are free to make up their own rules in doing such. So if it gets to a point in which that is enacted, they can, they can suspend the rules, they can do what needs to be done to take that under advisement and to do that because that's not an everyday thing. Let's take apart the fact that they're, let's, let's not look at the fact that I'm asking them to remove him. They suspend the rules all the time. They take things out of order and they act confused and do a whole bunch of craziness all the time. So you're telling me that you are not willing to do that. And this is the big thing that I'm hearing a lot of people say. Bring this up for a vote. Okay, if Dan, because there was that time where Doug Marshall said, anybody have anything? And everybody sat there quietly. If And I'm not just putting this on Dan, because Brad Polk's there too, and Brad Polk will be there next year. So if Brad would have said, well, I, because Brad's the one that brought the letter up and brought the information up, and I kind of thought that he was going to say something, but he didn't. And had Brad said hey, wait a minute, I want to vote to see if we're going to remove him or not. And they voted, and it didn't go through, say it failed because the other people voted against it. Well, at least Brad would have pulled it up, and anybody that voted to remove him would have been free of the criticism that they are now getting, and anybody that would have voted to keep him would have been able to get the criticism but because nobody said anything, now we're in a bad spot. Well, nobody wants, hmm, it's just really easy to pass this information off to people like you or, you know, pages like ours. Yeah. When information's leaked, but you're not the bad guy for leaking it. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. So yeah. it's just a really pussyfoot move. I just, I don't, I don't know. It is, and it's you leading. Know, if, if it bothered him enough just to, to bring it out there, why not use the position that you hold to correct the matter? Well, yeah, because then I don't know if you've seen his comment on Channel 8, but then he immediately steps off the council and he says, well, he either needs to resign or he needs to be forcibly removed. Well, Wait a minute. You can tell that to Channel 8, but you can't say that on the record? Exactly. So, I, you know, I absolutely understand uh, what you're saying. And, and, you know, I just wanted to give at least another voice to somebody. Like I said, we have no, 
you know, no connection. I, I don't you no. know, personally know you, but I know that you've been trying to look into what's going on here, and I wanted to at yeah, least give another so voice. Many areas that need to be tackled. I mean, the homeowner or the housing authority, yeah. you know, Gillespie is still in disrepair, and they are telling those people that if you speak out on social media anymore, we will kick you out, and it's been done. There's so much that needs to be handled and discussed and, and done, and it's really disheartening that social media is the only place to enact any kind of change. It's not our leaders. It's not our politicians. It's people who don't even live in Muncie who are given a shit enough to say something yeah. on the platforms that they have. And it's, I don't know. Yeah, that's 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 exactly correct. And, and what what's happening is, I've talked to I, I would say in the last two weeks I've heard from probably I would say on a conservative level maybe three hundred people who have said I've never voted before or I have voted but I I didn't know or um, you know, I, I just I, I, I barely paid attention, but I didn't understand. And I'm paying attention now because of this podcast or because of your page or the community engagement page. And people are paying attention. And that's the number one goal. That's the number one goal of all of this. But here's the deal. Paying attention and just knowing stuff isn't enough. People have to be willing to stand up. People have to be willing to talk. Look, look, listen, folks. Doug Marshall said he was going to have me removed from the council. Okay? He can't. He, if you go in there and you're violent and you're cussing and carrying on, yeah, you're going to be removed, and you should be. But if you're in there being civil, you know, and I even tell Audie sometimes, hey, back it down a little bit. You know, you're, you're getting a little loud, and it's because he gets excited, and I understand that. And, and it takes it takes some time to to get that kind of you know to where you can talk without uh, yelling especially when you're dealing with like John Hampton you know who's just poking but pushing buttons and poking you just to try to get a rise out of you smiling and flipping on people off like <laughs> it's whatever. crazy it's you know, absolutely I crazy you're right <laughs> right right right. <laughs> Well, very good. Hey, I uh, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, call and talk with us, and uh, I just wanted to get no kind of the uh, opinion of somebody that that wasn't me. You know, I gave I put everybody on there. Hey, let me know if you want to talk about Hampton, like not being on there, or if you want to talk in support of Hampton. And I have yet to have anybody call in support of him. So I know that there are people out there, but you know they don't. I guess apparently give a shit enough to call in and and, and argue that with me. So that's that. But I definitely give well, uh, you props for calling. I just because everybody's focused on the wrong part. Who cares if it was just pot? Like, I, yeah, that's stupid. Right. You know, if you go to jail for pot, that's ridiculous. But it's the law, and yep. you have to follow it. And and that's the part that people need to be concerned about is that you know this is another prime example of Muncie politics picking and choosing who has to follow the laws, what laws they follow, and when they follow them. <laughs> and as far as the voting goes, I know I'm going to get so much Facebook hate for this, but I don't even care. You guys have got to stop 
voting by your party. You have got to stop doing that. Yeah. It's terrible. Vote split ticket. I don't give a shit who's Democrat, who's Republican, or what you claim to be. It's about the issues. It's about the individual person and the individual policies. And that's how people should be voting. And when you vote straight Democrat and vote straight Republican, you wind up with shit politics, which I get all politics are shit. But I mean, yeah, vote split ticket. It makes much more sense. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. Maybe with that. not always, but it does now. Well, I mean, yeah, no, there's there's and here's the deal. Even if you're going to vote all Republican, you need to they need to remove the button. That's just one party because people leave votes off that way any votes that are three candidates or more or two candidates or more you straight party does not click and so that's always something that's a little tricky because i guarantee you there are are people who voted straight democrat or voted straight republican in this last election and what that means is they did not vote if they hit that button and they didn't go in and correct it, then they did not vote for the at-large race because the straight button, Republican or Democrat, will not pick up the three And I heard races. that from a few people. That's why I want to take my two little seconds on the soapbox and say, make sure you don't do that because absolutely turning out to be a really great overall result. <laughs> that's it. that that is absolutely true. Well, uh, Jessica, I want to thank you for calling me and uh keep in touch and we'll we'll check and see what goes on. If you get word back from Den, uh please let me know and we'll uh, we'll keep everybody posted. I absolutely will. I uh, absolutely will. I was hoping to do a report for the Manifest Destiny reporter, but he will not contact me back. So, well, that's we'll interesting. See how it goes. All right, well keep me posted. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Chris. Thank you for joining us. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that was Jessica Thomas just giving us a little bit of insight from someone else who is a fan of the newly elected officials but has question on what's going on here. And I know that everybody just thinks that we just need to get through this period and we'll get on to 2020 and then it's going to be good. But this is a test run. And if you can't take care of this small problem, how are you going to do against the really bad stuff? Because folks, the city of Muncie is getting ready to face four really tough years. 2020 is not going to come here and it's going to be happy days are here again and the sun is shining. We're going to have to dig through the mud and the muck and lawsuits and a lot of tough days. We have FBI investigations, which I believe will start to wrap up. And Dan and company are going to have to deal with the fallout from all of that. And you're going to have to understand there are going to be tough questions during that time period. And I'm going to ask those tough questions. And so not being able to deal with foul-mouthed, dishonorable, disgusting, disgraceful John Hampton, who if you heard in the montage of his clips all the way back at the beginning of this episode, is just a nonsense person. Did you listen to all that? And that was some of the lesser stuff. Mr. Hampton is illegal 
and he needs to be removed and all of the council members know it and so not removing him not saying anything about anything and just leaving that there is nonsense and don't tell me well they're gonna act and do something before the December meeting because they just sat through a meeting and let him sit there when they could have acted under ordinance 32-6 so you know I don't know what they're doing or why they're doing it and time will tell I'm obviously going to keep up to date with what's happening and try to start to figure out, you know, what what we're looking at here because it is important to know and there are tough questions to be asked. This Saturday, we have another interesting episode coming up, so you'll want to tune in for episode 56. But I did want to give you guys a heads up. Starting that following Tuesday for episode 57, that will start our civics block. So for everybody interested in that, please keep reminder that starting Tuesday for episode 57, we will be dealing with the civics series. You've been listening to Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey, and we'll be right back after this quick break. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this 55th episode of Perception is Reality. Remember the home link, perception.fireside.fm. Remember, you can find us there or at all major podcast hosting sites. I want to say thanks to special guest Jessica Thomas. Thanks for calling in and giving us your opinions and insight. We need all hands on deck if we're going to better local government through citizen involvement. Remember, you got to be the change you want to see. Until next time, stay involved, stay active, stay safe. God bless, and we'll look forward to talking to you again real soon. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember... Perception Perception is is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.